You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. As I was preparing this message, I was meditating upon what should be the sermon topic. And originally when I concluded the message and I wrote the sermon topic down, the sermon topic was the the battle to keep heaven in your heart. And this morning again when I was just praying and meditating in God's presence about this topic, the battle to keep heaven in your heart, the Lord was saying to me, you have made the decision that it's a battle. It's not a battle. It's a decision. And I said, Lord... He said, it's a decision. The battle was mine and victory is mine. So victory is yours. It's not a battle. It's a decision. You can change the topic to the beauty of heaven in our hearts. Turn to the person next to you and say, your heart is heaven. Tell them again, say, your heart is heaven. When we look at the things around us, happening around us, it's so easy for heaven that's on the inside of our hearts as believers to be stolen away. When you look at people not serving God, making a decision not to worship God, living a life of unrighteousness, and from the outside you look at them and it seems like they are prospering. It's going well with them. Whatever they do, they're enjoying And you are making a decision to live the right kind of life. But it seems like you're not happy. Because you're looking at the things of this world and you think those are the things that should make you happy. When you have peace on the inside of your heart, you can be happy. Then you have joy that comes from the inside. It's not things that make you happy. But Jesus, the joy of our lives. I said, Lord, there are many of God's people that want to do the right thing. Yes, there are many people doing the wrong thing. But there's a lot of people fighting, putting an effort in to do the right thing. Amen? Turn to the person next to you. Say, there are many believers like you that want to do the right thing. Even the psalmist battled with this. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 73. So the Lord said to me, change the topic to the beauty of when heaven is in your heart. As a believer, when you allow heaven to be in your heart, it's beautiful. Because then the cares of this world cannot affect you. But the Bible teaches us that it's the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. That chokes the word of God out of our hearts. Or another way that removes heaven from our heart. That we don't have peace. The psalmist said in Psalm 73. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I was stumbling over what I saw with the wicked. The new King James says my feet had almost stumbled. For when I saw the boasters. 
With such wealth and prosperity, I became jealous over their smug security, indulging in whatever they wanted, going where they wanted, doing what they wanted, and with no care in the world, no pain, no problems, they seemed to have it made. They lived as though life would never end. They didn't even try to hide their pride or opulence. Cruelty and violence is part of their lifestyle. Pampered and pompous vice oozes from their souls. They overflow with vanity. They such snobs looking down their noses. They even scoff at God. They are nothing but bullies threatening God's people. Have you ever had somebody said, where's your God? You call yourself a Christian, but why this or this? And that thought almost wants to grip your heart. We say, is it worth it to serve Jesus? Family, yes. People in the world may have everything, but they don't have peace. They may have everything, but they don't have eternal life. This life here on earth is this long. And thereafter, it's eternity. We have to keep our focus at the right place. It's because Jesus kept focused that we are here today that we can be born again. Keep your focus on the right things. It's so easy to start to focus upon the things of this world. To focus upon what people are saying about you. What people are doing against you. Sometimes you're trying to do the right thing. Walking in righteousness. And suddenly unrighteousness is pushing against you. And you say, how is this fair, Lord? Have you written this test lately? Have you faced this challenge recently? Family, we're not in heaven yet. But we have an assignment here on earth to manifest heaven. And God has said, you can pray that my kingdom will come, that my will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has made us ambassadors of heaven to manifest heaven here on earth. And what he's done is, he has first placed heaven on the inside of us. As a Christian, protect your heart, because your heart is heaven. If hell can get into your heart, you'll start behaving like hell, which is killing, stealing, and destroying. But if you can keep heaven in your heart, the peace of heaven in your heart, you'll behave like a candidate of heaven. Sometimes we are Christians, but because we allow hell to come into our hearts, we behave like hell. Then our salvation looks like it's questionable. The mere fact that you have been made righteous does not mean you're perfect. It means you are holding on to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means I can make a mistake. But I'm holding on to that righteousness and say, Lord, let your righteousness speak for me. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in this world, offenses will come. People will betray you. But just because people betray you does not mean you have to betray them. That is the beauty of heaven in our hearts. That even when hell comes against us, we hold the fortress of heaven in our hearts. 
Amen. There's a lot of people that don't, don't have morals today. But there's a lot of people that do have morals. There's a lot of people like you and me that say, I want to be a Christian. But you realize you need God to be a Christian. Holding on to our morals. Amen? This is the year with the difference. We have to be different. We cannot go and manifest hell when hell comes against us. You cannot fight fire with fire and expect water. Remember, the battle between the rock and water, water in the end wins. But in the beginning, it will look like rock is winning. But the rock at the end will lose. Water has the victory. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a life-giving spirit. Tell them again, say, you're a life-giving spirit. Or the mistake that we often make is, we fight the wrong battles. Fight the right battles. Sometimes we engage and get involved in things that just trouble our hearts. But there's no destiny in it. A friend of mine that's a very successful businessman as well says, we have enough battles that we fight in this life. He says, but the decision that he's made, the thing that he has learned, only fight the battles, the fights that affects your destiny. If it does not affect your destiny, don't get involved in that fight. Think about David. David went out when they came back all of his men's wives were stolen were taken captive the children were taken captive their hearts were heavy they were depressed a matter of fact it was such a serious situation his own men thought of killing him just go there 1 samuel 30 let me show you quickly have you been in a situation like that where those that you were helping were now thinking of killing you have you been there? You intended it as good and now they want to kill you. <laughs> I thought it only happens in the Bible. I thought only pastors write these tests. <laughs> 1 Samuel 30. Let me read from this one. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great they did not kill anyone but they carried them away and went their way so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive and David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep and David's two wives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Camelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. When his heart was troubled, when heaven was under attack, he made sure that he kept this fortress. That's what the Bible says. Guard your heart above all things because out of it flows the issues of life. Even when his friends spoke of killing him, he kept his peace. He said, Lord, strengthen me. And he said, this is a battle worthy of fighting. We're going to pursue them now and get our wives back, get our children back because that's part of our destiny. But just don't go fight a fight when there's no destiny in it. Amen? Family, listen to me. The Bible gives us clear instruction. It says, offenses will come to you. 
people that's going to betray you will come to you. So don't be surprised when those kind of things happen. Anybody here you've never been offended? Anybody you've been offended in the past week? Are you all Christians? How is it that a Christian can get offended? Isn't it supposed just to be plain sailing once you accept Jesus Christ? No. There's challenges that we will face. Listen to what the Passion Translation says in Luke 17 verse 1. One day Jesus taught his disciples, betrayals are inevitable, but great devastation will come to the one guilty of betraying others. This offense will come to everybody, but woe to the person through whom the offense comes. The Bible says there's judgment upon that person already. If judgment is upon that person already, don't you now make yourself a judge as well. Because then you make yourself guilty of a sin. Let God be the judge. Amen? Family, listen to me. The book of Ecclesiastes says, Don't take everything to heart people say about you. Because you yourself have also said things about people. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? It says, don't take everything to heart, what you hear people say about you, because you've also said things about people. That's the Bible, the Word of God, that's a two-edged sword, cutting to both sides. So be very careful what you say, because people, you know you've said things about those people as well. Amen? It would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and to be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment of betraying one of my dear ones. God says he will fight for you. He says, if somebody betrays my children, they are not betraying you, they are betraying Christ. If somebody is hurting you, they are hurting Christ. If somebody is stealing from you, they are stealing from Christ. Because Christ is the one that lives on the inside of you. Jesus said, whatever you do for somebody, you have done it for me. Paul had this revelation. Remember, he thought he was doing good, pursuing Christians and killing Christians. Remember, he was a murderer, but he did it ignorantly. His encounter with Jesus, what did Jesus say to him? On the way to Damascus, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says, Lord, I'm not persecuting you. It's my translation. I'm killing these bad Christians. I'm doing a good thing. <laughs> Have you seen what these Christians are? I'm killing them. He says, no. You are busy persecuting me, Saul. I am in them. So when you're a Christian, when heaven is in your heart and my heart is heaven, know that when people attack you, they want to see what comes out of your heart. They want to see, will heaven come out of your heart? Or will hell come out of your heart? You can very quickly hear by the speech, by what they say, who is dominating and ruling in their hearts. So be alert to your brother's condition. And if you see him going the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry. I'm changing. Forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. Do you know why you have to forgive every time? Because you know when you mess up and you ask for forgiveness, you need forgiveness each and every time. There's a need for us as Christians 
to keep our hearts pure before God. Because if we say that we are called to be worshippers, worship comes from a pure heart. And that purity must be kept. The enemy wants to affect your heart. Make sure that Jesus remains ruler of your heart. That he keeps that position in your heart. You can very quickly hear just by somebody's speech if Jesus is on the throne of their hearts. When it's blackmail, intimidation, cursing and swearing is not the language of a Christian. We are called to bless. We can bless because we've been blessed. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm saved to save others. I have a different assignment upon this earth. I'm here to manifest the glory of God. Jesus, when he prayed for his disciples, he said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. So that the world may believe. The Bible says the all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. They want to see this glory. When the word became flesh, we could see its glory. When the word of God dominates your heart, people will start to see the glory of God manifest in your life. Not the glory of this world, but the glory of God. Then you see the grace of God working in a person's life. That's why we have to change our way of thinking. Renew our way of thinking by the Word of God. The Word of God has that power. The Word of God has the power to discern the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. Sometimes you want to do something. And you believe it's the right thing to do. Let's say, Brother Simon here has upset me. And I want to go and say, oh, I'm going to sort Brother Simon out. I've had enough of him. And as I go there, the Word of God discerns the intents and the thoughts of my heart. He says, it's not that you want to sort out Brother Simon. You're offended with this and this brother. This is the root of your problem. Go and sort it out. If you sort that out, your relationship with your brother will be much better here. Some of you are angry with your pastor. Not because you're angry with your pastor, but because you're angry with God. Because you asked God to do something. He told him to do it like this and this. And he didn't do it on the appointed time. You say, okay, I cannot take it out on God and shout at God. Let me be angry with the pastor. He represents God. And some of you have had a pastor for lunch. Where you bite and devour him. Can you believe it? He says this and he does that. You don't have to raise your hand. We've all had men of God say things that upset us. Let me see your hand. How dare this man say this? They said it about Jesus. Family, Jesus said to us, I've spoken this to you so that you would know in this world you will have tribulation. But I'm telling you, I've deposited my peace in your heart. And I've overcome this world. Keep your peace. The Passion Translation says, And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me 
will be in you. Jesus said, the peace that's in me, I want it to be in you. The glory that the Father has given me, I want to give it to you. So that you can live a victorious life. You remember Jesus on this earth walked as a man, God. Jesus Christ, the man God. So he says, I walked as a man, God. A man here on earth with the spirit of God. And I walked victoriously. And I want to tell you that you can do the same. I've empowered you. As Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. You're an anointed one. That anointing wants to destroy yokes. Let the anointing, let the grace of God work in your life to give you victory. Jesus said that peace is on the inside of you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous. For I have conquered the world. Whether you like it or not, you're a winner. Whether you like it or not, you're a winner. You have a victorious spirit on the inside of you. Many times, we think we can change things by ourselves. Think, I'm facing this challenge. What can I do to change this challenge? You know what? I'm going to fast. And it's good to fast, fast. But you think because you're fasting, the situation should change. Jesus didn't say fast. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. What we do is, instead of coming to Jesus, we want, oh, I remember this pastor say I must fast. This pastor say I must separate myself, isolate myself, and pray three times a day. Oh, no, it's not changing yet. Oh, the other pastor said I must pray five times a day. Okay, let me try. And you do all these activities, but you don't come to Jesus, the source. Jesus said, if you are heavy laden, if the burden has become too much, come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes we place yokes upon ourselves that does not come from God. We place the yoke upon ourselves then we say, Lord, why am I so suffering? Why is it so tough? Jesus says, come to me that I can remove that yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Even when there's trials, when there's tribulations, you can keep your peace. Because it's a peace that comes from heaven. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. When you have that peace, even when there's trouble, you'll be able to make good decisions. Now the Lord says, come to me and ask for wisdom. He will show you what to do and how to do it. Even if you're facing difficulties and, and trials and temptations, He says, when you come to me, I'll show you the way out of it. God wants to walk with you more than what you want to walk with Him. God is pursuing you more than what you're pursuing Him. It was God that loved you so much that He sent Jesus Christ to this earth. God is more interested in this relationship, more committed to this relationship than what you will ever realize. A matter of fact, when you become born again, you become a candidate of heaven. Not only a candidate of heaven, but you are seated in heavenly places already. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to know what hell I'm finding myself right now. And you're telling me I'm in heaven. <laughs> Family, be a bit excited about Jesus. He said, you are seated in heavenly places. If you are born again, you're seated in heavenly places. Do you think when Daniel was facing lions, do you think that's, that lion's den smelled like heaven? No, it was a re very real world. 
but he knew who was his source. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they had to walk into the fiery furnace, do you think it smelled like heaven in there? Because it's not on the, what happens on the outside, but it was heaven on the inside of their hearts that said to them, you know what, God, uh, uh, King, you can know whether our God delivers us or not. We're going to serve him. You can push us into these flames. You can make it even more hotter than hell itself. We're not going to change our confession because my heart is heaven. I'm walking with confidence. I have a peace on the inside. You think you have victory right now. My God has said he has overcome this world. Whatever you're doing to me now is temporary. I know I'm victorious. I know I'm a victor. I know what God has called me to do. I'm not going to change my confession. Give the Lord a hand. When your heart is heaven, everything changes. Philippians 3 verse 20, the Passion Translation says, But our passion are set on the heavenly realm. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. The New King James says, Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. You were never designed to be a sinner. You were never designed to be a blasphemer. You were designed to be a Christian. You were designed to be a son and daughter of the Most High God. You were designed to be a worshiper. You were designed for heaven. Everything about you that's happening here on earth is Jesus, God, preparing you for heaven. Amen? What you are going through is training. Sometimes training is tough. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been going through some tough training. Tell the person on the other side, Sam, I've been going through some tough training. Tell them I must have a very beautiful spot in heaven. Amen. Yes. God must be preparing us for something beautiful if we've been going through this tough training. Amen? If you're training for the Olympics, it's a different kind of training than when you're just training for athletics at school. And training for primary school is different from training to high school. It's different from training for varsity. But the training will continue the whole time. Amen? Don't let anything distract you to lose focus. Offenses will come. People will say things. People will do things. But keep your solid front. The Bible gives us instruction to think upon heavenly things. When it feels like hell is loose around you. Have you had weeks like that? When it feels like all hell breaks loose. Yes, I sometimes have them. The Bible says, think upon heavenly things. Think upon. And know where you come from. Think upon where you are going. Think about your assignment, what you are supposed to manifest here on earth. The promised land was not given on a tray. They had to go in and fight every battle. But God was the one fighting for them, giving them the victory. You cannot draw back. You have to go in and possess the land. Think upon heavenly things. Colossians 3 verse 11, the Passion Translation says, Christ's resurrection from the dead is your resurrection too. 
This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. And not with the distractions of the natural realm. Since this natural realm will throw things at you. But the heavenly realm is where you are living. That's the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. Meditate upon those things. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie of this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God as you live within the anointed one. And every time Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Family, fight battles that will affect your destiny. If it's not going to affect your destiny, if you just want to fight to fight, it will disturb your peace. Many times you just want to put your nose in things where it does not belong. Sometimes your family wants to fight about it and you think because I'm part of the family and I also must, must also fight. Why do you think the Lord told Abraham, move away from your family? Because he knew the things happening there could affect his destiny. I'm not saying move away from your family. I say sometimes you just have to distance yourself away from things that affect your family. Amen? Pastor said, I must leave you. I'm going now. Thank you. Bye. No, I didn't say that. Amen? Family is a training ground for many of you. Children, listen to me. Your family is a training ground for life hereafter. Amen? After school. It's training ground for you. If you listen well to your parents in the household, it will be easy to listen to your boss. If you want to back chat as a child, you can think you are very smart and be rebellious. But I assure you, if you back chat your boss, it's going to fire you. Then you've trained your heart to be like that. So the household is a training ground already. Why do you think the Bible says elders, if they can manage their homes well, they'll be able to manage the church well. If you have respect in your home, you'll have respect one day in the marketplace. So young people, listen to me. Your family is the right family for you. Amen? As Jesus took time, or as God the Father took time in choosing parents for Jesus, He's done exactly the same for you. Parents are not perfect. I know I'm a father, I'm not perfect. But even if I'm not a perfect father, you have a heavenly father who is perfect. That can show you a more excellent way. Amen. Many of the children today are growing up without fathers. That's why we here in the church, fathers, men of God that are here, we have to take responsibility and be fathers to the fatherless. Show them a more excellent way. It's one of the things that we'll be implementing even when we go into the new building now. Amen? Because there's a need for that. You must be a good place to say amen. amen. Are you ready to be father not just only to your own children but to other children? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, busy I am. <laughs> the battle just to be a father to my own children. I want me to look after. 
You need to get heaven in your heart, sir. <laughs> Amen. And heaven is in your heart. You always have room for one more. Amen. There's always place in heaven. Amen. Get heaven in your heart. You'll have a heart for people. Amen. Let me hear you say amen. amen. When you come to Jesus, come with a little bit of excitement. Amen. You know, these assignments that God give us, all these things that we have to do, if you see it as an assignment from God, you'll do it differently. And now you think it's an assignment from the pastor. Yeah, I'll see if I can do that. No. <laughs> Take my two children for a day and let's talk again, pastor. <laughs> Hello? We have a tremendous responsibility. Because if you can train those children from a young age to protect heaven in their hearts, for them to know that their hearts are heaven, my heart is heaven, if they can know it from a young age, they'll protect it. It was tough sometimes because there's a lot of hell out there that wants to come into our children. That's why we have to discipline them, amen? Discipline is part of keeping hell away from them. Not hurt them or break their spirit because we are building up, building our children up. Atmosphere of heaven at your home. Amen? Amen. If my heart is heaven, my home will be heaven as well. There will be peace in my home as well. One of the things about household of Christ that I want to commend you, many people that visit us, even in the prayer line when I'm praying for them, they say there's peace in the household of Christ. They say there's peace between the members and there's peace between the leaders. And I want to commend you and say thank you very much for keeping the peace. Many churches, there's a lot of fighting it seems. There's a lot of fighting between the leadership. Let's keep the peace. Heaven has got an order. Amen? Nobody wants to go to a home of fighting. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. You want peace. Make that decision. We want an atmosphere of heaven in our hearts. Amen. You're getting less and less excited. Be excited. When you come to Jesus, come with excitement. If you know God is going to bless you, you come with excitement. Heal you, deliver you. So when God asks you to do something as well, you come with the same excitement. Because it's that same anointing that will empower you. It's the same anointing that killed the bear, that killed the lion, that killed the giant. It's that same anointing that empowers you to minister to people. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's empowered me, He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. It's the same anointing, the same presence that does all those things in your life. The same Holy Spirit will show you what to say in a difficult situation. It's the same Holy Spirit that brings deliverance. It's the same Holy Spirit that brings salvation, that brings redemption. It's the same Holy Spirit that will bring the right spouse to you. Can you see the importance to walk with God? When you have heaven in your heart, you'll attract people with heaven in their hearts. And there are many of those people out there keeping the peace on the inside. 
The Bible teaches us that the enemy would tell you that what you are going through, you're the only person. To make you feel isolated. But God says you're not the only one. Many of your brothers and sisters are facing the same challenge. But I've placed heaven on the inside of them. I've placed light on the inside of them. And light always expels darkness. Family, people in the world live in darkness with moments of light. You might be looking at them and saying, Oh, look at this moment of light. But they're in darkness. You, as a Christian, people might be looking and saying, hey, Why have you got this moment of darkness in your, life, in your life? But you are living in light with the moment of darkness. Soon, the light will expel that and you'll go on. That's what the Bible says. Meditate upon the light. Meditate upon heaven. Meditate upon the things that are from above. Things that are good. Things that are pure. Things that are holy. That's the realm that you live in. I'm closing with this. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. The one translation says, those with a pure heart will be blessed. Keep the purity of your heart. Because that's what God really values. What God really values about you is beyond human comprehension. It's not what you see with your natural eyes. In our hearts, we are made to be like Jesus. That means, family, I'm here on earth to demonstrate Jesus Christ to him. And he is here to demonstrate Jesus Christ to me. In that way, we manifest heaven here on earth. We have a tremendous assignment here. You know what? Tomorrow morning, you might be facing difficulties. Hell might be thrown at you. But when you walk into your office or wherever you are going, you are walking with heaven in your heart. You're walking with the light of God in your heart. You know what? Many times as Christians, we look at a situation, we think the enemy is coming against me. But I want to tell you, you... When heaven is in your heart, you've become the enemy of the enemy. And we have an assignment to expel darkness wherever we go. Some of you are excited about that. Make a decision to protect heaven, to protect peace. Jesus, when he was here on earth, when he was speaking to Nicodemus about salvation, he said to Nicodemus, While I'm talking to you right now, you think I'm talking to you here from earth. I'm the son of God. Right now, while I'm talking to you, I'm actually in heaven. Because I'm linked up with God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Turn to the person next to you. Say you are one spirit with God. Tell them again. Say you are one spirit with God. That means you are linked up with the anointed one. When you are linked up with the anointed one, whether you like it or not, you are an anointed one. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're anointed one. Whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. The Bible says this presence, this anointing is there for one purpose, to destroy yokes. To destroy yokes. Amen? That anointing will work on the inside of you. If there was no yoke, there would be no need for the anointing to destroy it. So now that there's a yoke, the anointing can destroy it. So whatever you are facing, God says, I'm with you. 
He says, with my God, I can face a whole troop. I can storm them. With my God, I jump over a wall. God wants to go with you into battle. What did David say in Psalm 91? He says, in the time of trouble, I will be with you. When you face trouble, God says, I'm with you. Heaven is with you. Heaven is backing you. Heaven is supporting you. You are seated in heavenly places, a position of authority, so that you can walk in victory. Now he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my God is with me. He will lead me. That shadow might be there, but as soon as you walk with the light, the light will expel all shades of darkness. As you move, that light will expel all shades of darkness. Heaven is in your heart. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.